Welcome to episode one of Let's Talk Ideas. I'm Raman. I'm Amrdeep. And we're going to be taking you on a journey of true expansion. And self-expression. So the reason why Raman and I are here is that we're two very relatable women and we simply want to take our conversations from the couch or the dinner table to you guys. And when we say you guys, we mean everyone who is willing to join us on this journey. And this platform is essentially for Raman and I to use our voice to talk about topics that truly matter to us, uh, covering everything and anything from relationships, self-discovery, sex, spirituality, mindfulness, and even professional advice. If there is anything that's true about Raman and I, it's that we're definitely not afraid to be ourselves. And we like to call this podcast our no BS podcast. So the version that you'll be receiving on this is our true authentic version. So all I'm going to say is good luck, you guys. I I couldn't agree more. And I think that when you're on this journey of self-discovery and growth and trying to be true to your authentic self, you just don't have the time for BS. And being around people that have negative energies or try to steer you mm. off your path, it literally drains you. Yeah. And I just I just don't have the time for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was so sassy. <laughs> but if there's anything that you should know about Raman is that she's a complete badass. <laughs> um, just to give you a little bit more background information about Amrdeep and I, we are cousins and we are two young professional women, um, or at least I'd like to think so. <laughs> um, we come from, we are we are Indo-Canadians and we come from a very large uh, Punjabi family. And actually, a lot of our extended family lives on the same street. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anytime I tell anyone that we, like my entire extended family lives on one street, they're like, what the actual fuck? Like, why? Why would you guys want to do that? Um, so yeah, it's strange for like outsiders to hear that. Yeah. But for us, it was just, it was very normal well I mean like we loved it as kids yeah just because it was so super convenient it was and we like literally go to each other's houses yeah every single day yeah and we'd have the best summers mm-hmm. and there were like countless sleepovers and I mean like even now it's super convenient for the parents oh for sure right for sure like just imagine <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's funny because like after work they just go to each other's houses yeah have their cup of tea yeah chill hang out ask each other how how you are and then they come back home and then Except for now with Corona. Now we right. don't do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Social distancing, you guys. Yes. Um, but yeah, so we grew up in a very large family and it was actually quite male dominated uh, because um, in our age group, we were only three females. And so we never really had an older uh, female role model to look up to or someone who that we could relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that definitely shaped us. and uh you know made us have certain experiences that yeah. i think a lot of people could relate to yeah. um whether you are first generation canadians or not yeah. um when you say shaped us like do you think it was the fact that we came from a very male dominated family mm-hmm. or do you think it's because of the indian culture that we grew up within i think it's a combination mm-hmm. because I think immigrant parents in general, when you're a first generation Canadian or anything, um, you're kind of like the experiment in a sense, because there's so many different things that your parents just have zero concept of. And so you're kind of like 
trying to figure it out on your own. Right. So I feel like that kind of makes them more independent in a way, even though uh, a lot of us first generation Canadians are coddled. Um, but anyways, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, it, I think it's a definitely a combination of the culture right? as well as just, um, having immigrant parents, because I mean, like it could be something as small as say for girls, like, you know, teaching you how to shave your legs or like, you know, telling you about how to date, like you're pretty much like <laughs> navigating the world on your own. Yep. I, I will forever be. <laughs> tormented by my reminder of the fact of even standing in gym class I remember I think I was in grade seven and I had hairy legs and everyone was staring at my legs for some reason I was yeah. like why is everyone staring at my legs and then I realized and I was like oh because no one taught me that I was supposed yeah, to shave yeah, my legs yeah <laughs> it's crazy it's, it's, yeah it's interesting um and the thing is that our parents were doing the best with what they were mm-hmm, given for sure um and like yeah like the main thing with even immigrating to Canada they they essentially just wanted to survive Mm -hmm. and and I'm thankful for for that right because I feel like because they instilled like you know go get an education go get a job security right you know and I feel like from that I feel like I've learned such great work ethic Mm -hmm. but on the other hand we were never really taught to look within right for happiness yeah and I don't necessarily blame them for that because they had their own programming and beliefs Mm -hmm. that they grew up with and obviously that was projected onto us so now it's you know we're trying to find that on our own yeah or we have been trying to find that on our own so how do you think that you tried to find self-worth within you because essentially that's what you're saying we weren't taught right because it was always made to be from external things, whether it's, you know, you got to go to school and get the good grades and A plus, and then, you know, get the degrees and get a job and eventually get married Mm -hmm. and then have children. You know, those are, those are the check marks of life. So unless if you're meeting those, how do you, how do you find self-worth? Because according to, you know, this, the teachings that we've had, they're, they're, those are like the epitome, right? Yeah. You just don't wake up one day and you're like, yeah I, I checked them all off I'm done yeah. <laughs> or but yeah and, and you also don't wake up one day and you're like yes I know my self-worth yeah you know that's not how it works and for me it's been a very continuous process I feel like you're always evolving mm-hmm. and you're always gonna be evolving for the rest of your life you know you want to be better than you were yesterday for sure um but for me I don't really believe in the whole saying of finding yourself mm-hmm I more believe, more so believe in the concept of uh, true expansion and self-expression because I think that there are just certain blockages within you and all you need to do is just clear those blockages to break mm-hmm. free. It's not going to happen overnight, right? but it's a continuous process. And growing up for me uh, and coming from this big family and everyone was very opinionated, mm-hmm. very outgoing, and I was always identified as the quiet the timid girl with no opinion. Um, right. And because of that, I started identifying myself as that. And I, so I kept myself in this box and I made choices within that box. Right. And I think that I always had this best, ver- I, of course, I always had this best version within me. And 
I've always been interested in finding deeper meanings. And I feel like me and you were kindred, sure. me and you were kind of kindred spirits in that. Because I feel like we were always both trying to find deeper meanings. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> and so we would do it behind closed doors. Because we didn't want anyone to like think we were weird. But it wasn't we were, that it was we were, weird. We were weird. <laughs> <laughs> we were just like very expressive and yes. um, very like in tune with like our emotions. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but I was always confined within my own box and thinking. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that the only lim- like the only limit in life is a limit in your thinking. Um, so I really had to get past that. And so yeah, so I've always like loved diving deeper and always been a seeker of truth. But I would dim my light because um, I was so worried about what others would think of me. And uh, I kept myself in this small, even small group of friends. So I was stuck. Right. Um, but I was stuck until I consciously started making decisions to get myself out of my comfort zone and more towards my uh, more towards my truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really had the proper tools in place. Yeah. Um, so I feel like this past year is a year where I've truly started challenging myself um, and finding tools. Mm-hmm. such as meditation, finding the right mentors, consciously surrounding myself around uh, people who challenge me, people who, you know, want me to grow. For sure. Um, who share, like, the same values and ideas. So I've been very conscious about that. So, yeah, so I really started challenging myself uh, this year and also putting those effective tools um, in place. Um, and I really had to ask myself this past year is, what who like like who is the person that you want to be mm-hmm. you know what do you aspire to be and for me it's definitely like a, like a major pillar of my life vision is I want to just spread love mm-hmm. like I want to be love and I want to spread love um but you can't do that until you fully love yourself for sure and um and like there's this spiritual teacher Radhanath Swami and he says it best and he says if you give yourself love, only love will pour out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I yeah, so I really had to start facing myself and um, really start making more d- conscious decisions that would serve me. Um, and since then, I've really just been trying to live in my own version of truth. For sure. And and I think that's exactly what self-love is, that yeah. it's, it's a commitment to your goals mm-hmm. and you're paying attention to your actions and your thoughts and everything you do with every breath you're being mindful of of your surroundings and your um thoughts and you practice gratitude and you acknowledge your own value and your worth and that that's that's the exact definition of self-love yeah and and yeah and like and I feel like self-love is such a interesting concept Mm -hmm. and the reason why I say interesting because I feel like it's actually very it's more challenging than we think it is for sure because I used to look at self-love and it's so constant yeah and I would you know think to myself like you know you know it's just self-love like what's so hard about that it just means loving yourself uh but I find that it goes way deeper than that Mm -hmm. and you really have to be aware of the decisions you're making the actions you're taking you know the words that you're saying um so yeah, so I find that it's a really challenging concept. And I feel like for for you, um, I want to, like, I don't, like, whether it was self-love or not, mm-hmm. of course, I feel like growing up, you were always very confident. Right. And very comfortable in your own skin. Mm-hmm. 
And so, and and I feel like you were also kind of rebellious in a way. And so was that because like you kind of knew what your truth was or is it because you were kind of rebelling against our current system in place with, you know, the family and male dominance and, you know, the like the cultural aspect of it? I think the confidence was something that I have been working on. I don't think it necessarily was something that I just, you know, was born with. Um, although I think that I do maybe, I don't know, sometimes put that type of image out because, because – I would, I would get gratification from external, um, things, whether it was material or people. And that would, you know, help me have a self-worth and Mm -hmm. self, um, value. But as I've been working on myself, I have come to realize that the reason that because I lacked value Mm -hmm. within is why I was being judgmental or being negative and, you know, um, not practicing the law of attraction because Mm -hmm. my mind wasn't there. And it was because I was actually insecure inside. And after doing a lot of work on myself, I have been trying to to better myself and mm-hmm. grow from that. And I think the rebelliousness was actually a part of it because sure, sure, I was confident in a mm-hmm. way, but I, I always like to challenge the system. And, <laughs> and, and I think that like, I never had a proper outlet to um, display anger or you know, other emotions. And my, my way of rebelling was essentially like acting out against the system. So you, so you feel like your society um, expectations. So you feel like you had to take extreme measures to kind of, to kind of prove yourself. Exactly. Where I feel like now, like you've come to a point, like I've obviously known you my entire life. I feel like where you are right now is that you're like the most authentic version of you. I agree because you essentially come to an understanding that you're not going to be able to change everyone in the system. And the only thing you can really change is yourself and your own way of thinking. Right. Um, And that really helps to calm yourself, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So what are are the tools that you use? Like what are the things that you did to guess, get yourself to this point? I think gratitude. Gratitude is a really big one Um, because you're, if you're constantly being uh, aware of all the goodness around you you're you're just so grateful and you don't have the energy to you know um be judgmental or try to put out negative energy into yeah. the universe because you're just too busy putting out positivity yeah and and I think that like I one of that <laughs> too busy putting out positivity yeah and I think that one of the biggest ways that I started doing that was you know with when I'm waking up in the morning to when I'm driving to work, it's Mm -hmm. just literally listing out all the amazing things in your life, whether it's, you know, the hot cup of coffee you have or, you know, how warm you feel in bed. Like it's, you can be grateful for anything and everything. And that's, what's the amazing part. Yeah. That's, that's truly beautiful. And it's so important to find the tools and the system that works for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love how you use gratitude to center yourself, mm-hmm. to remind yourself that that the yeah, one the thing, life is awesome. The life is amazing. Yeah. And you're truly blessed. And, you know, that one thing that might be bothering you, it may not be it's not that in retrospect, it yeah. might not be that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that is practicing self-love for yourself. For sure. And it's so interesting because we actually had a self-love yoga event mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago. 
And uh, so our yoga teacher was actually, so it was a very interactive discussion and she was writing down on a whiteboard of all the qualities, different qualities of love. Right. And things like gratitude, Mm -hmm. things like unconditional. Right. uh, Acceptance, you know, the feeling, feeling of secure and safety. Yeah. And I remember just sitting there and I was like, yeah, like for me, it's so easy (laughs) for me to give that to other people. Right. To like give that like unconditional love or um, like acceptance Mm -hmm. and gratitude towards them. But it's so hard to do that for yourself. Right. But that's that's it right there. That's lack of, you know, feeling that you are worthy of love. Yeah. You know, um, and that's that's what it is. And and I think one of the interesting things that the yoga instructor said, she said that if you don't have value for yourself, how can you add value to someone else's life? Yeah. So it's if you don't feel that you are worth having love, how how would someone love you? Essentially. Exactly. And it's not fair to you or fair to that Mm -hmm. that person. And I feel like the first person that you should ever be marrying is yourself is yourself you know you make that commitment to yourself and yeah and I love how she said it's accepting yourself in sickness and health it's mm-hmm. making that vow to yourself yeah and so it's so it's not just like you're not gonna wake up one day and be like yeah I fucking love myself yeah some people do right I'm happy for you um, <laughs> but for some people it is hard and it's challenging so right. it's just making small conscious decisions every day and practicing that awareness like mm-hmm. you know like I need to I need to practice a self-love towards. So how can I practice self-love towards myself? And for some people, it's, you know, self-care, which is which is fine. Yeah. And whatever works for you. Um, but yeah, I do feel like it's so important. And I think that when growth is, it's so continuous because you're essentially never grown up. You're yeah. continuously growing. And, and I would almost compare it to exercise. And for example, say if you are, trying to, you know, get to a certain goal, you're not going to reach that goal and then quit exercising or quit following your diet. It's the same concept. You have to continuously practice being mindful and practice gratitude. And that's, that's the whole journey of it. Yeah. You have to be a forever student. Mm -hmm. You really have to humble yourself down and be open to learning and in, you know, increasing your awareness every single day. And yeah, it's a continuous process. You're going to do it every single day. You're going yeah. to do it till the day you die. Yeah. And, uh, and that's why I think that this, this podcast is going to be a great outlet for us as well, just because it gives us a platform to talk about certain things that we are still working on and we want to put our experiences and our stories out there yeah. so that maybe someone can relate to them and get help themselves and, you know, find solace in our, in our stories. Yeah. Um, and the one thing that I will say is, especially with like Rama and I being on this journey is, and even sometimes when we slip ourselves, it's right. the fact that once you're awakened, you really can't go back to sleep. No. And it's such a, it's so beautiful being in that kind of mindset every single day to be like lifted yeah. and to bring your, you know, to, to have these tools in place to center yourself and, you know, to really be like grateful every single day. Right. And so it's just, it, yeah, it's been truly wonderful. And I feel like that's what, our, that's why we're, Raman and I really mm-hmm. want to share our own experiences yeah. with you because I feel like it would truly help you guys yeah. and we can all kind of share in it together. Yeah. And, and we, like Amadeep said, this is going to be a no bullshit podcast. And 
we're going to be talking about our inhibitions, um, vanity, love, heartbreak, um, healing from that, um, and recognizing the wounds and the psychology behind that. Mm-hmm. And and I think that we have the tools in place to share and talk about those topics because we have experienced yeah. a lot of that, um, whether it's from our personal, professional, or family stories. Um, we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> that we and, do. <laughs> and our stories are very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> they are. But we, you guys have to keep listening yeah. to get those stories. <laughs> Because some of them are actually kind of embarrassing, so I would wait it out. <laughs> but we we have lots of wine here, so we'll we'll keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> so that's essentially uh, what our podcast is going to be about, and, and we're going to make a commitment to be true to ourselves and put out everything out there and try to help um, you guys find solace in our s- stories. And our next episode is going to be about what it means to be a woman.